All right, we are live, not live, at the Potzel Courthouse. This is the, the private quarters. Uh, you have to have uh, know some people to get in, and today we have Judge William Baldwin. Um, Chief Judge, is that correct? President Judge. President Judge, okay. Right. Um, before we get started uh, with Judge Baldwin, uh, reminder of our sponsors, Cackle, and also uh, Darren March. You can check out the info uh, in the uh, podcast uh, player that you're playing with. Um, all right, Judge Baldwin, so you've been the president judge for how long? This is my 22nd year. Okay. That's uh, President Judge is the one who's been on the bench the longest. Okay. Now, so uh, no, are you a lawyer? Well, you have to be a lawyer. To you have to be a lawyer a to be a judge. Okay. Yes. Um, what what part of, of being a judge do you do you like the most? Trials. There's they're always different. Um, they're they're very interesting. The facts are different in every case, so it's very interesting. Now, what what's the mo what's like the the biggest challenge? Being impartial or just keeping order to the court and making sure that process is being played out? Well, it's it's. It's all part of the same thing. The, the most important thing a judge can do is make sure that, that the trial is fair to mm -hmm. both sides and, and make sure that if it's a jury that they understand what they have to decide and how they have to be fair as well. And uh, so you grew up in Pottsville? Yes. Or are you Pottsville or Nativity? Pottsville. Okay. And what, what year did you graduate? 66. 66. Okay. So uh, did you play football, basketball, baseball? Football. Football, wrestling. And uh, what what uh, position did you play? Uh, linebacker and halfback. We got, were you guys pretty good? Yeah, we uh, junior year we were undefeated. Uh, the other three years it was 7-3-1, and one, something like that. Now, were you part of the uh, – because I've interviewed Dick Lynn, He was part of the Howard Avenue crew. And I interviewed George Forney. He was part of the Norwegians, uh, Norwegian Street crew. So what, what crew did you run with when you were – well, I, I grew up in the Laurel, uh, in Fairview Street mostly, and then over in the Laurel Street. Okay. So what kind of what kind of crews were we getting with uh, over well, there? Well, Fairview Street was a pretty tough neighborhood. A lot of a lot of good kids, and uh, but we played some pretty tough games. We our uh, football games were all tackle, and we we played some strange games on the street too. Where we used to have everybody get on one side of the pavement. One guy was it. And then you try to run to the other side, and he would have to tackle you and beat you. Oh, up really? You said, Uncle. And then you helped him until you see who, who's left. So how did you eventually uh, get a winner? You just got tired and you had to go home for, for dinner? Well, whoever, whoever was the last guy. Okay. Because as he tackled you, you had to help him tackle more guys than, and than whoever managed. Now, did you come up with that game? How did that game kind of – was it just – It was there before I – Okay. <laughs> I did, did you ever win? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know that anybody won that game. Yeah, right. I guess everyone was a loser in that one, <laughs> right? Uh, so that, that sounds a lot tougher than what they were doing on Howard Avenue and New Regent Street. I, I, w I won't say anything to Dick or, or, or George, but sounds like they had a little bit of a, uh, of a vacation over there with the games they were playing. Um, now, where did you go to college? Lehigh. Lehigh, okay. And did you play any sports there? Played football there. Oh, okay. Let's say I got a football scholarship initially there. And uh, what position did you play there? Running back. Running back. Oh, nice. Okay. Now, did you have uh, – was your goal to come back here and be a lawyer, or how did that all how – did, how did the whole thing kind of take take shape? Well, I majored in metallurgical engineering, and 
that's where I got my degree, and so I went to work for Bethlehem Steel down in the Baltimore area. Okay. And uh, I had some thought about be nice to be a lawyer, but I never really ex pursued it because I didn't have the money, and I just got done engineering. I had to give that a shot. And my, uh, I was sharing an apartment with another guy. He came home with an application for the LSATs, which is like the college board for law school. Sure. And he had an extra one. So I, I applied. I took it. I did well in the LSATs. And uh, I was working down in Baltimore area, so I was a resident of Maryland. And the University of Maryland was, was uh, real cheap for, for uh, Maryland residents. So I applied to the University of Maryland Law School. And then, now, did, what kind of law did you want to practice when, when you when when you initially went into law school? I didn't have a, a plan at that point. Uh, didn't have enough experience to know what what kind of law I'd like to do. And wh what kind of law did you end up doing then? Well, I came back when we came back to Pottsville. Um, I I wanted to do trial work. I think I found that the most interesting. I mean. It, a lot of lawyers in the school county are general practitioners. They do a mm -hmm. little bit of everything, and I did too. But I found trial work to be the most interesting. And what was it? Just the stakes uh, that were there, or, or just kind of the the nitty gritty of finding, you know, cracking a case, if you will? Or I don't. Know, I, th I it's kind of it was kind of exciting. Um, that it's not just like doing paperwork. You never trials, no matter how well you prepare, there's always a surprise. So mm -hmm. It was. And it was a competitive kind of thing. What was your What was your your best case? Oh, um, as a as a lawyer, I I think the one that sticks with me was a guy that was a truck driver from Maryland was coming north on eighty one and he got hit with a sudden snowstorm. I mean, it was like a squall that came up totally unexpected. There were something like 50-some vehicles and accidents at all at the same time. But he um, he crashed into some vehicles that were unexpectedly stopped in front of him that he couldn't see, and uh, a couple of people were killed. So he was he was tried for manslaughter. Mm -hmm. And he's, he was just the nicest guy. Um, he When he testified, he talked about how there was a ravine before he got to the scene, and if he had known what was there in front of him, he would have driven his rig down oh, the gosh. ravine. And he was such a sincere guy, I think the jury believed th that he was right. wasn't just saying that. Yeah. He, he would have done it. Uh, he felt terrible, and it really wasn't something he could have avoided. And the jury found him not guilty. But he stayed in touch with me, and his family did for years. Now, is he still living? or, or I haven't heard from them for number of years i think he's passed away now he was older than i was at the time now when you decided so for judge you you run for judge or how is it exactly you, you get appointed you run the first time and it's just like any other election you run in a primary then the winners of the primary run in the general you get elected for a 10-year term at the end of every 10 years you have to run for retention and that's not a, a regular election. It's just the voters say yes or no, you should get another term. Okay. Now, what was the biggest adjustment coming from being a lawyer to then, to then being a judge? Well, there's the duty to make sure that you're totally fair. I mean, you know, as a lawyer, you're representing a client. You're on right. the client's side. Um, 
I mean, you're bound by the rules of ethics to, to not do anything dishonest or anything, but you're trying to represent your client in the best light possible. The, the role of a judge is to make sure that everybody gets a fair trial and, and you have to be totally unbiased. And sometimes you have to make decisions that aren't popular, but you have to, do the, you have to obey the law and, and apply the law to the facts that, that exist so that everybody gets a fair shake. Now, is there uh, so so you almost have to like being quote unquote the bad guy, right? I mean, because you're you're gonna be making judgments that either one side or the other are gonna are gonna hate. So well, you have to be firm. I mean, side, one side will probably like it, the other right, side right. will think you're a terrible judge. So what what's uh, two questions? Uh, if I'm if I'm a lawyer coming into your courtroom, what what's the most important thing I can do? Just be prepared. Be prepared. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Judges can only do justice if the lawyers are prepared. They, they, uh, we can only decide cases based on what's presented to us. And the lawyers have to do a good job in presenting their clients' interest in the best way possible so that we can make a good decision. If they, if they don't give us all the information, then maybe our result isn't just because we didn't have all the facts. Mm -hmm. What a, do you have a, a judge that you looked up to that you kind of gained, you know, you call for, you know, for any kind of advice? Well, I've been very close to, to Judge McCluskey over the years. Uh, he was very helpful to me when I came on the bench and, and also when I became, I replaced him as president judge. And for the, the year before I was going to replace him, he included me in a lot of the meetings with court administration so that I get a really good feel for what was going on and Joe had a really great uh, sense of justice and and uh, just just a intuitive way of deciding cases that always seemed to come out the right way another judge that I really respected was was Judge Lavelle he was a great trial lawyer before he became a judge and and uh, when you appear before him he made you you got to have your all your right. T's crossed and I's dotted. Yeah. Now, as president judge, I mean, I know you said it's the longest tenure, but does that mean you get the biggest cases, or what exactly does that mean? President judge is in, in charge of the administration of the whole court system, and I can uh, I assign work to the other judges, but we do that basically on a rotating basis. Mm -hmm. uh, like for instance, criminal motions. We just the next next judge up on the list would get the next criminal motion. There's certain things that I do that that other judges don't do because of the way we we uh, have the workflow. And like I take care of orphans court, the, the the other judges don't do that, but they do things that I don't do. They do their custody cases. I'm not doing that. But I'm also in charge of of the administration of like the adult probation office, the domestic relations office, uh, the juvenile office. There's a number of different offices that deal with the running of the court system that I have to supervise. Now, wh what, do you, what do you think is the biggest challenge in the whole judicial system here in, in the county? Well, I think it's dealing with children problems. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot of kids that, that with the drug problems that we have, some of these kids are being born addicted. Mm -hmm. uh, they're being born to parents that aren't in any condition to take care of them. And um, then we have to terminate parental rights. And there are a lot of grandparents raising their children sure. these days because the parents aren't in a condition to do it. Then you have custody 
battles where parents separate and they're fighting over over the children things that involve the kids are are really a, the biggest demand on us now when you when you have a big case coming up I mean, what's, what's your feeling? Are you, is this like a big game for you? Excited? Are you doing your preparation at home or to make sure that you're giving the best, your best, you know, you, I know you want the best, make sure that the lawyer's prepared. Well, I, I do a lot of work at home at night, but um, yeah, I think it's just like, like athletes like to play the big games. Mm -hmm. I think judges and lawyers like to handle the big cases and, and uh, you, you do get, more uh, up for a case that's going to have a lot of interest. Sure. Uh, that it's more complicated. For instance, like a medical malpractice case, there's a lot of gray areas in in civil law, and and those decisions you have to make in those cases could have a real big impact on the result of the case. So it's challenging to make sure you get it right. Mm -hmm. Now. Uh I, I watched a little bit of Night Court when I was younger. Did, what, is there a show that, that was pretty accurate in terms of how an actual court works? Law and Order was fairly, I mean, there's some, there's some shortcuts they took in Law and Order because they, it would be too long to, to show it the way it sure, really takes sure. place. But Law and Order, I think, was the most accurate in terms of the way the court system works in trials. Did you like the judge in My Cousin Vinny? <laughs> Wasn't he uh, in one of the monsters? I think, movies? yeah, I th yeah, I think he was in the in the in the monster uh, monster family. Is that right? Yeah, I think uh, that's that's where he was. Now, you know, stepping back here, you, you know, you grew up in Potsdam. What, what's what's the part that you love most about you know saying you're from the coal region or you know growing up here? What what's the trait or or kind of tradition or whatever what have you that, that really sticks with you? I I grew up at a time where and and I think it's still to a large extent. The people in Pottsville and, and the Coleridge in general really will, are willing to help mm -hmm. their their neighbors all the time. Uh, they they, uh, I mean, we have a lot of problems. The the drug problem has gotten more more uh, more intense than it ever was when I was growing up. Sure, but that's true. Everywhere. That's across the country. Yeah, that's yeah. not not just here. The the people here are still basically decent people that like to. They want to do the right thing, and they like they're they're there to help their neighbor when they need it. Mm -hmm. what, do you have a favorite food? Like do you, when you go to block parties, do you have like a favorite Bellini or something like that? Uh, no, I don't. I'm I'm pretty. I can eat the same thing every day, so that's <laughs> yeah. I, I actually see you at Giant every every Saturday <laughs> yeah. pushing your cart. You have you have a good selection of fruit, if, yes, I, if I may yeah. add. Uh, eat a lot of fruit. Um, and I always see it at the Potsdam football games. Is, is that something that you you've continued? Uh, since your playing days, going to the football game on Friday? Well, it's actually, there was a period of time when I was away mm -hmm. that, and, uh, that, that I, I didn't see hardly any games. But the last, I don't know, last 10 years, there's uh, some of the guys I, I was in school with uh, were still pretty close sure. and tend to go to the games. And it's fun to watch the kids these days. Now, you said you were a running back. What, were, you, were you a speed guy or, or could you run someone over? No, I I played with uh, Jack Dalvin. We were in the same backfield, and and they referred to us as Thunder and Lightning. Oh, and guess okay. who was the Lightning? <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> so you were you were his fullback? Well, we no, we had there was there we had a three back offense, which uh, there was a fullback. I was the other 
the other halfback, but he was he was the speech. Yeah, you know, I was saying before, you know, Dick was part of the Howard Avenue Worms, right? Yeah. And and Jack, uh, I interviewed him about a month ago, and uh, you know, or, or two months ago, but he was talking about uh, how Dick used to chase him, and, and that's how he he became so fast, and you know, he eventually became, you know, they were choosing him, you know, because uh, he used to be the last pick, which is kind of crazy to think that those guys. Well, were Jack kind of blossomed. Uh, not late, late, but I think it was his junior year when he first started to to really start to stand out. And uh -huh. Of course, his senior year he was he was really good. Had twenty twenty one twenty two touchdowns. Sure, but he developed a little sl slow in, in in developing his skill and his speed. But he came. So when you, I I obviously didn't see him play, but when you actually watched him in person. How fast was he in person? Oh, he was fast. When he got up to full speed, his his stride was was covering more than five yards. Uh huh. And and he he's he was pretty shifty. He was very fast. Now, as a fullback, did you have the the the, the cowboy collar and and the yeah. Thurman Thomas face mask down the middle, or no? Did you? Yeah. My my freshman year was uh, the the last year that Bill Flynn was there before. He left to go back oh, to, to Chicago. Chicago and then came back later. And we were still using the Newt Rockney helmets then. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has uh, been a pleasure. I think our, our listeners are going to enjoy this. And uh, thanks again. And we'll, we'll be sure to, uh, to, to check the papers and see that you're, you're serving justice here in the county. I try. Well, thank you. Thank you.